ladies, we have a very special gift we want to honor you with. It's not about just Mother's Day itself. It's for every lady because we count you as valued in this house. So, yeah, we have something very special. And I can tell you, I can tell you beyond a shadow of a doubt, it's not made in China. <laughs> I can tell you that it's not made in Canada. I can tell you it's made right here in the U.S. of A. Mm -hmm. I can tell you you're going to enjoy it. You're going to be blessed by it. I can tell you more, but I'm just going to get in trouble, so why, why bother? But we do have a special gift for every lady, 18 years of age and up, that will be here with us next week. So please note that. God bless you with it. And uh, we just want to say thank you for your heart and for your lives. This morning, your notes are different that you've had passed out to you. I say that because instead of notes where fill in the blanks are there, all you have is scripture. Scripture is all you have. And I'm here to tell you this morning, I hope that's all you need. I'm going to do something a little bit different this morning. Instead of so much preaching, I am going to do more teaching. I want to take you on a little bit of a journey. But God, God has something here for somebody. And I'm not who, sure who you are, but I can tell you you're walking through some stuff. And I can tell you that there are things and events in your life that have captured you. There's heart of fear that arises there as well. There's mindsets in here that God wants to change. I'm going to start out by just simply showing you the first slide, which is simply this praise. When you praise him. When you praise him. So I want to take a journey with you this morning over the next few moments. And uh, if I can have an usher say, I'm enjoying the kids downstairs, enjoying themselves. If you could just have them be just a little quieter. Uh, I'll tell you what, Lee, would you mind telling them back there in the usher room there to have somebody go downstairs to lick whatever? Not because I want to chill them. I love hearing it, but there's something that I don't want to have distracted this morning. This is a special morning. I believe that God has something he's wanting to say. And I say that because hmm, how many know praise is an awesome thing? There's something that takes place in praise. And I hope you have something to write down some notes with because I've got some things I do want to say to you. I just didn't put them down on notes. So you know, if you don't have a pen, grab something from somebody else, you know, just, just you know, reach over, grab their purse, open it up, take out a pen and a $20 bill or something. But something happens when you praise him. There is what I call a release. And there are three kinds of releases that take place when we praise him. I'll be getting to these later, but I'll just give you what they are right now. Number one. There's a release in yourself. 
That release in yourself also leads to a release in the atmosphere around you. Oh, yes, there is. And besides a release in yourself and a release in the atmosphere, there's a release that takes place in others. So yourself, atmosphere, others. So I want to take a look at the book of Acts and the 16th chapter. I'm only going to read, you know, about 30 verses. But you got them in front of you. And I want to walk through these with you. And I'm going to ask God... Complete and finish the work that you said you had and that you said you would do. In Jesus' name. All right, let's take a look. When you praise him. I want to take a look at the Apostle Paul. He's been going and he's been having some fantastic meetings in other places. He's, he's in Galatia right now as, as he gets ready to do some moving around and what have you. But, but here's the thing. Look at this. I, I, and, and, and please understand something. As we walk through this, take to heart what God's telling you. I, I love it when I am sharing a message up here that God has given me. And while you're sitting there, all of a sudden you get this different word that God gives you. And it's just like, whew. But remember, God's giving you a word. When he gives you that word, hide it. What does that mean? That's your word. It's not for somebody else. You can tell somebody else, and they're not even going to get close to being excited about it like you get excited about it. That's his word to you. Now, when they had gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they had come to Mysia, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. Stop right there. I want you to understand what God has for you this morning. God does not have green lights for your life. He has red lights. I want you to notice they were, they were moving, they were going through the, the, the motions of going places, doing, visiting, on what they felt was natural. They were just, you know, it, it, it scares me sometimes when, when people go, well, i got to know God's will on this. i got to know God's will. I just follow your heart, friend. Do what seems natural to you as you are joined to Christ. If you're not supposed to be going there, you're going to know it. Because God has red lights, red lights. And, and at this point, they're in Galatia. So passing by... They come down to Troas. And a vision appeared to Paul in, in the night. A man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Now, this is a very interesting passage, okay? Notice verse 7 there in your notes. Say, after they had, after they had, after they had, after they had. 
After they had come to Messiah, they tried to go to Bithynia, but the Spirit did not permit them. So passing by Messiah, they come, they come down to Troas. Now, notice how things change in verse 9. It says, a vision appeared to Paul in the night. Period. Then it says, a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, come over to Macedonia and help us. Okay? Stop right there. Could those possibly be two things? Is, is, is the writer here saying, which, which is Luke, by the way, is he saying Paul had a vision, period, and then is he saying a man from Macedonia stood before him? Because look at the next verse. It says, now after he had seen the vision, immediately what? We, not they, we. This is where Luke joins them. Before it's been them, their, they. Now it's we, us. Luke has joined with Paul, with Silas, with Timothy at this point. And guess where Luke is from? He's from Macedonia. And he stands before Paul and he tells him. And, and see, here's, here, here's, here's the neat thing. I, I love it because th they talk about things and they conclude. All right? They, they have this discussion. And, 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 and again, I'm not going to go into a lot of this here. I'm going to hit the tidbits. I hope it gets you curious to really start digging in and looking at some things here, too. Instead of just saying, I don't understand about it. Well, you don't understand it because you don't read it. You don't pick it up. You don't study. The, oh, never mind. I'm going to get off on a sidetrack and start preaching instead of teaching. But let me say this again. It says there that now things change because we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to them. Again, huge, huge moment. Now, verse 11 says, Therefore, sailing from Troas, we ran a straight course to Samothrace, and the next day we came to Neapolis, and from there to Philippi, which is the foremost city of the part of Macedonia, a colony. And we were staying in that city for some days. It says, which is the foremost city of the part of Macedonia. No, it's not. Ooh, have we found a conflict in the scripture? Thessalonica was. Thessalonica was the, the, the closest, the, the foremost. So what is Luke saying when he said, you got to understand, you got to read through a few more things here. We're not done reading, but I can tell you this. Philippi is where Luke is from. Philippi is where Luke went to school to become the doctor that he became. And Philippi was an incredible city. I mean, it was, if anything, you know, it, it's, it, the foremost simply means first colony. It's, it's the utmost. Philippi was more like Rome than any other city. I mean, if you went into Philippi, you would have thought you would have been in Rome. They spoke the Roman language there. They didn't use any other currency but the Roman currency. They dressed like the Romans dressed in Rome. They, they, they went through all these, their, their culture, their, their habits, and, 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 and their dress, and their customs. All of it was that of Rome. So when you walk into Philippi, 
it's like, here I am in Rome. And, 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 and I'll say this because, again, it was, Philippi was the most like Rome. The foremost or the closest or the first actual colony would have been Thessalonica, the other ones that are closest to Rome, but, but not here. Now, now, again, it's setting up the precedence. It's talking about where they've come from. It's talking about how they got here because the Holy Spirit had spoken to them and, and literally put a, a, a red light. There's a connection where Luke comes in here now, and as a result, there's the burden for Macedonia because, you know, Asia needs to hear the gospel here. So as, as a result, they conclude, they conclude that the Lord has called us to preach the gospel to them. Okay, uh, go, going on. Now, and, 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 and take, take a look at this in verse 13. It says, and on the Sabbath day, we went out of the city to the riverside where prayer was customarily made. And we sat down and spoke to the woman who met there. Why? Was that usually Paul's traditional way of doing things? No. Paul traditionally would go into a synagogue. In synagogue, they have some, somebody, well, in a synagogue, they would have, uh, or in the temple, they, I should say temple, not synagogue, but there's a wall of enmity. It's, it's, it's only about yay high, but they refer to it as a wall of enmity. That is because the Jews themselves were allowed on this side, but behind that, you could be a God-fearer and not a Jew. That's what Paul got accused of in the later part of Acts when he takes the, the, the offering to the church in Jerusalem, and he's going to be accused of taking Gentiles beyond that wall and on the other side where only Jews could be. And so he's going to go into captivity. They're going to, I mean, it's, it's a big story, but that's what's going to lead into his prison time. But the fact of the matter is, Philippi doesn't have a synagogue. When they get to the river, they're talking primarily and only to women. Any city, you had to have a minimum of 10 male Jews in order to have a synagogue. If you didn't have 10 male Jews, well, you wouldn't get a synagogue. And see, here's the problem right now, too. Rome kind of viewed the Jews like Christians. And the Jews had been outlawed from Rome. They, they just, you know, they, they had been, that's, a, that's another story, we'll get to that in a little bit maybe. But, but again, it, it's a very difficult situation and scenario. What they do is they go to the river, and there, as you can tell, you, you have this, the women who met there, and, and, and you got, again, remember, you got Paul, Silas, Timothy, and Luke that are traveling together here. Now, let's pick it up in verse 14 where it says, Now a certain woman named Lydia heard us. She was a seller of purple from the city of Thyatira, who worshipped God. That tells me right away, she's not a Jew. She's a Gentile. And she's a God-fearer. The Lord opened her heart to heed the things spoken by Paul. Now, she's a seller of purple, and I can tell you straight up that that's one of those things that, you know, this lady was well off. 
The ladies that were with her at the river were probably her employees as well. And so they're, they're all listening, and, and coming from Thyatira, and the custom and the color, you know, it's, it was very huge. That, that color dye that they used and the cloth that they used, that's, that's <laughs> they would call it royal purple. That's why we still call it that today. And anyways, I don't, I'm trying to connect. Mm, okay, I'm going to keep going. How's that? But, it, but here's the deal. She starts listing. And the wording there is very emphatic. It means to really be listening. And it's strange to her what they're saying. She's not heard this before. And as she listens to it, it says, the Lord opened. Did you get that? It says, it says that the Lord opened. It op he opened her hearts. Friend, how many know God opens hearts? Well, it's still our choice of what we receive. Jesus, if you remember correctly, had, had, had opened the mind of his disciples understand the scriptures it's talking about the heart really i mean you got ephesians what chapter one around 18 you hear me quote that one all the time it just simply says that i pray that the eyes of your understanding be opened you got the same kind of wording that paul prays for them in 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 in, in philippians and in colossians but there's something going on here as god opens her her heart to heed the things by Paul. Notice verse 15. It says, And when she and her household were baptized, she begged us, saying, If you have judged me to be faithful to the Lord, come to my house and stay. So she persu persuaded them. She insisted. Now, now, first of all, understand a couple things here going in this. Uh, there's a declaration being made when she and her household get baptized. She's declaring, yes. I believe on Jesus Christ to be the Messiah, to be the Son of God who died and who rose again, who has now cleansed me. I have received his forgiveness. He has joined himself to me. I am born again. I am dead, but now I'm more alive than I've ever been. And her and her household, there's something that's, that's working there. Have you, and, and, and I want you to notice that. They, they, didn't, they weren't saved because she was saved. They became saved. She led them in salvation. Now, now let, me, let, me, let me just stop there and say for a minute, she insists that they come. You have no, you know, it, the hotels and the inns of those days were horrible. I mean, it, 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 they, were, they were scrappy, they were terrible, you did, and they had no place to go. I mean, it's not like Luke had a home there in Philippi. They, they really didn't have much of a place to stay. And so with persistence, Paul does something that he usually doesn't do. He said, okay, we'll stay with you. And so they go, and, and they come together, and, 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 and look at verse 16. It says, now it happened as we went to prayer that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of div divination met us who brought her masters much profit by fortune telling. This girl followed Paul and us and cried out saying, 
These men are servants of the Most High God who proclaim to us the way of salvation. Now, now, first of all, understand the Most High God. In Hebrew, it's El Elyon. E-L-Y-O-N. El Elyon. It is, a, it is what I would call the pagan's uh, word that they would use for a supreme being. So anytime the pagan or a king that was a Gentile outside of the Jews, anytime they talk about God or the, or, or the supreme being, they would refer to him as El Elyon or God Almighty, Lord God Almighty. And, and as a result of that, or the Most High God, I'm sorry, Most High God, as a result of that, you'll see that throughout scriptures, the prophets will use that term when they're prophesying concerning the Gentiles. So it's, it's a matter of, again, understanding what's happening here of what this girl is saying. Now, I want you to also notice that it says that a certain slave girl possessed with a spirit of divination. You know what that, you got to understand, you got to think, you know, you're thinking to yourself, man, this is a big deal. She's just being truthful. She's just speaking. How many know that the enemy can speak the truth? to mess you up. He can use the right things, the right tactics. He knows the word of God better than any of us in this place. And he'll use the word of God against you. The, the interesting thing here is that, that that word divination there, in this particular case, you know what the word can be translated into to understand it better here? It's called ventriloquism. She had a spirit of ventriloquism. In other words, she's going around, and, and the picture of it is like she's, she's almost half drunk, is what it's like. And she's, she's going around saying, you know, very, very, very simply, these men are the servants of the most high God uh, who proclaim to us the way of salvation. You know, she's throwing her voice as well. She's doing all this stuff, and it's, it's a really doesn't do anything. And for the life of me, I don't understand why, but it'll be a while. Matter of fact, it's, it's, let's just progress with this because uh, she's a soothsayer. We know that. She, she's bringing her masters a, a, a lot of money simply because she's got this spirit of ventriloquism, the spirit of divination that she, well, let's, let's take a look at verse 18. It says very simply, and this she did for many days. Many days. But Paul, greatly annoyed, that, that point right there, in other words, moms, dads, have you ever just, you know, kind of put up with your kids? And then you reach a point where you get worn out. That's exactly what this means. When you see the word annoyed, it just simply means he finally got wore out. He, he's putting up with it. He's letting it go. But then it reaches a point where he said, I've had it. Enough is enough. And you can usually hear that in, you know, mom's voice. I'm not trying to get in the mother's hair thing. You know. Kind of thing comes out. Just so, so uh, again, uh, take a look at verse 19. Well, we'll keep going. Uh, let me finish. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm excited about this. Uh, Paul greatly annoyed, turned and said to the spirit, I command you. Imagine 
annoyance rises up within him. Okay, you know, understand it, it's, it's, it's as much God as it is Paul in him. He says, I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And he came out that very hour, which means, boom, it happened. But when the master saw, when the master saw, okay, when the master saw that their hope of profit was gone, they seized Paul and Silas and dragged them into the marketplace to the authorities. Ah, wait a minute. I don't know about you, but if, if I'm Silas, I'm going, hey, what about Timothy? What about Luke? We've got to remember, Timothy and Luke, Timothy's Greek. Luke is Macedonian. Silas and Paul are Jews. They look Jewish. Timothy and Luke do not look Jewish. So who do they grab? The Jewish ones. And there's a reason behind that. We'll get to that, that, that in a second. But, but, but it's, you know, again, I'll just put it to you this way. Jews had been expelled by Rome, by the emperor, emperor, <laughs> emperor Claudius. So, I mean, there was a vendetta. And again, they, they, they just viewed Jews and Christians pretty much alike, and you're talking about them being outlawed. This is where a lot of persecution begins to get into tact, too. But, but, but again, here's, here's the thing. Take a look at this in verse as, as we go on. Uh, mm, okay, look at verse... Uh, yeah, okay, thank you. 2020 is what I heard. And they brought them to the magistrates and said, these men being Jews exceedingly trouble our city. They teach customs which are not lawful for us, being Romans, to receive or to observe. So you can see the case being built. As a result, the, multitudes, the multitude rose up against them, and the magistrates tore off their clothes and commanded them to be beaten with rods. Now hang on just a moment. Where's God? Where's God? Hey, Wayne, could you help Pastor Bruno here for a second, please, before Renee falls on the other side? Hey, just give it a second, Renee. We'll get him up. No, he's not straight yet. Just go ahead and give him a little centering. There we go. I'm just glad to have him in the house. Yeah. Where's God? You've been doing everything, being led by the Spirit. You, you've obeyed. You've, you haven't gone to the other places. You came to Macedonia instead. You've come to Philippi. You've shared with, you've seen those get saved and baptized, and they've brought you into the house. And then this, the, the enemy loves to come in. How many know the enemy doesn't like to be defeated? When you think you've just dealt with, it seems like he comes back with even more. And take a look at this. I mean, not only does, does he deal with this spirit of divination in this young lady, but now the entire town has jumped him, him and Silas, stripped them naked, 
And then they take him to this, this, this place to be beaten with rods, okay? Um, and notice verse, just let me, let me get into the beginning of verse, well, no, 23, because it says, when they had laid many stripes on them, before they throw him into prison, I want you to grab this. These are not people with whips. These are people with rods. These are guys that are known in Rome. They're trained to do this. They, they, are, they are basically called in, in, in this particular, lectors, L-I-C-T-O-R-E-S, lectors. They would take these rods and they were trained in how to beat you and you were strapped on this pole and your feet were about this high off the ground. You're just hanging, being tied up. And they would beat you around severely until you would basically pass out and come within an inch of your life. And then because of the training they had, they would take a bucket of water that was sitting off to the side and throw it on you, wake you back up, and beat you continuously again. I know it doesn't get into all that, but this is exactly what happened. So when they are let down by these, <laughs> by these lectors, and, 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 and as far as being punished, the stripes laid on them, uh, they threw them into prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Having received such a charge, he put them into the inner prison and fastened their feet into the stocks. Hmm. Prisons were hewn out of a cave. They were hewn inside then as they would put the different cells. And as a result, you might liken it more of a dungeon. There's no, and, and as a result, he, well, uh, having received such charge, he put them into the inner prison. All the way in the back. All the way where all the waste from the other prisoners would make their way down into this hole. It was dark. There was no light. In fact, there wasn't even any air unless a door was open and the air could get in. It would be where the rats would crawl. It would be where all this garbage is at. And then, and then they take this, this stock and, and understand it's just one big long piece of timber with five holes stretch you out and put your ankles in there, your wrists in there, your neck in there. And, and, and I'm not getting down because I won't get back up, but you were contorted, unbelievably placed in pain with those stalks that they would put you in. Now understand, they're in the back. They're, they're, they're in, in the dark. They're in the no air, they're in the garbage, they're in, they've been beaten within an inch of their life. They, they are hurting, they, they, they're naked on top of it. They're, they're dealing with all these issues and then they're put in stocks to increase double and triple the pain that they're going through, Silas and Paul. And, and you begin to, you know, and, and, and we worry about why God isn't fixing this or taking care of that or why he would let this happen. Why I don't, you know, friends, I'll tell you straight up, take a look at Paul and Silas. 
Think about what it is that they were walking through, what they were walking in, what they were dealing with. Imagine what Luke and, and, and Timothy are even thinking at this point. These guys are in the back. They are down. They don't have any sight of getting out or any hope or anything else along these lines. The entire community has just gone spastic on them. They were in the back innermost part where it'd be safe for them. Let me, let me just say this as we go on. There's, a, there's something in verse 25. I don't know if you see it. The first word. I love buts. I know, you, you evil-minded, warped people. I do. I love butts. They're in the worst kind of scenario, situation, condition that you can think of. But. But. You will have tribulation. But. Friend, I'm going to tell you straight up, it's time for us to get our butts out. <clears throat> I can't stop thinking about it either, but I'm just saying, it, it, it's, it's the honest truth. Because butts, rep oh, butts represent choices. They, they represent not the choice of acceptance, but the choice of saying no. This is not the way it was meant to be. This is not the way it's going to be. I'm not going to allow it to capture me. I might be in it, but I'm going through it. But I'm, but I'm going through it. But at midnight, Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns. To God. And the other guys were still up. For it says the prisoners were listening to them. Friend. They were making a choice. To praise God. Because they were free. They were not bound by the pain. They were not bound by the shackles. They were not bound by the condition of the jail. They were not bound by the shackles. They were not bound by what others would have called defeat. No, for in the middle of the night with all those problems, you know, I don't know about, I, 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 I don't know, if, I, don't, I don't know, I would probably, God, why? Oh, it hurts so bad. Why? Help me, God. Get me out of this prison, Lord. Lord, I, I just pray. Set me free, Lord. You know what I'm doing when I pray like that? I'm focusing on me. And, and I get it. 
I'm a wimp when it comes to pain too. Hello? My poor wife, I complain to her all the time, is just, just, and just getting up off the couch. Oh, Kathy, oh, Kathy. <laughs> I say, honey, I, I, need, a, I need a neck. Shush. She go heats up the, the rice bag in the microwave. You know, I know what I'm after. But those prayers focus on me. But what Paul and Silas did was focus on him. Let me tell you this. When you praise, your praise, when you praise, it's your release. A release within yourself that doesn't feel like praising. And thank God we don't serve him out of our feelings, do we? We serve him out of our choice. And when you praise him out of choice, it's your release. It's a release within you. It's almost like a healing that begins to take place. Well, I don't know what, I don't know what to listen. I, I don't know what to praise. How do I praise? Turn on your, your, your playlist. Some of you know these old songs. You just start singing these old songs. But you can put in the earbuds. You can crank up. You, 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 mm -hmm. Don't tell me you're going to sit there and use the excuse, I don't know what to do, when there's so much available to you. It's not even fun. You, you want to take one of the hymn books home with you. I, I'd be fine with that. Take, a, take two hymn books so you can keep one on either end of the house. And just open that puppy up and begin to go through it. I don't care. You know, find a way to praise him. To worship him. Look, it's your release. And it's a release in the atmosphere. Let me tell you something. Praise changes the atmosphere. Hello, somebody. Praise, worship changes the atmosphere. Prayer changes the atmosphere. But I'm here to declare to you, when you praise him, you're changing the atmosphere. In other words, let me put it this way. You're also changing others. Prisoners listen. And the wording is there is, is so incredible. They're listening with pleasure. Okay? They're hearing this. Paul and Silas choose him. And it's not about them. It's about him. So, so they're, they're, they're praising. I, can't, I, can't, I mean, I'm thinking of the condition they must have been in, but they're still praising. And as they do so, the, the, the elder prisoners are going, huh? Ooh. I believe that when we worship him and praise him, God gives us a beautiful voice. You might sound awful to everybody else, but God's going, hey, shh, shh, shh. 
that's my kid. My kid's singing. He's singing to me. He's singing about me. What's that doing? He's inhabiting the craves of his kids. And the others are being affected because they're they're here. They're, they're enjoying this. It's it's they've never heard this before. They've never been around this before. They've been in the pubs where Chang and who knows. They've never heard a heart united to God lifting him in an atmosphere that he is inhabiting. And as they're listening and as they're hearing these words and sensing this atmosphere, suddenly, See, when there's a but, it's usually followed by a suddenly. Suddenly, there was a great earthquake. Not a minor tremor, but this is a great earthquake so that the foundations, foundations of the prison were, did you notice it's plural? Foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Now, I don't believe it was a Star Trek movie, okay? Open the doors. They're loose. I believe that the earthquake so shook that prison that it shifted its foundation and the Doors, those barred doors that were keeping them locked, shifted and automatically unlocked and came open. And I believe that the chains that held them to the wall, that those bolts and stuff just come out of the wall and they're loosed. I believe, I believe that what's happening here at this moment is out of, out of a supernatural move that takes place. Doors are open. Prison doors are open and chains are loosed and something's taking place. Look, understand something. This earthquake was not in Philippi right down the road. You know, you got, you got Philippi here and then you go up the hill and here's the prison. It's hewed into the, into the cave. The cave shook. The foundation shook. But they're just snoring away down in Philippi. As a result of that, When you praise him, <laughs> there's a release in yourself. You're not held in bondage by these other things, by the pain, by the situation. <coughs> you change the atmosphere. Others are changed. Prisons are shaken. Cell doors are opened. Chains are loosed. When you praise him. Let's, let's finish this out. Take, take, take a look at verse 27. It says, And the keeper of the prison, awakening from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. Because they had killed him anyways. The, the prisoners got away. 
But Paul called with a loud voice saying, do yourself no harm. We're all here. And the day that then he called for a light, ran in and fell down trembling before Paul and Silas. This, I love this part. He brought them out and said, sirs, what must I do to be saved? How did he even know? What did he understand? But he had witnessed the demonstration of God's presence. He had witnessed what happens when you praise him. So they said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and you will be saved, you and your household. Now, be very careful here. I've heard this, I don't know how many times throughout my life that people say, well, does that mean that if, if, if I get saved, then my, the rest of my household is saved? You know what I want to tell you? know, I just, I just tell them, keep reading. Don't stop at a verse and pull it out and say, oh, look at this, oh, look at this. You better understand what you're reading. Now, just pull something out. Take, take a look at it. And, 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 and he's, it, it says, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him and all who were in his house. And he took them the same hour of the night and washed their stripes. And immediately he and all of his family were baptized. He and all of his family were baptized. Now, when he had brought them into his house, he set food before them. And watch this now. He rejoiced having believed in God with all of his household. His entire household believed in God. Friend, he opened the door. He brought them in, but the entire house got saved. They heard the message. They responded to it. They got baptized with him. And the entire household had been saved. Now, he rejoiced. Other, other verses, happy, whatever, but believed having believed in God with, with all of his, he, he and his household together, with all of his household. Friend, none of this would have ever happened had there not been praise. If the enemy could have stopped him and shut them down, and kept them miserable, and stole their joy, there would be no releasing them. There would be no changing of the atmosphere. And from the jailers, from the prisoners on down to the jailer and his family, it wouldn't have affected a person. I want you to realize something here this morning. When you look at what praise changed, when you look at what worship changed, they were praying, they were singing. It was 
change before the change. You have to take that act. You have to make that choice. You have to step out. I'm here to declare to you that no weapon, weapon formed against you is going to prosper. You've got to make the choice to stand. You've got to make the choice to praise. You just can't say, God, you're going to do something. There are times that God does do something, but the majority of the time, I can tell you, you're going to be there continually going, God, why don't you do something? God, why don't you do it? Why can't you stop that? And I'm here to tell you, God, can't do anything without our permission. When you step into that praise and that worship, he inhabits. Skies rend. He pours out his spirit. And let me tell you something. Have you ever noticed the situation had changed for Paul and Silas? But the marks on their body were still there. Oh, they got cleaned up. And, 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 and I, I, I don't know what happened to the other prisoners. I mean, let's face it, their chains are loose and their doors are open. But they're all just sort of sitting around going, hey, Doc, what do you think about the other night? But I can tell you that whatever took place took place out of praise. Friend, you're not, when you're in prison, you're not in prison when you praise him. When you're fighting disease and sickness, you're not fighting disease and sickness when you praise him. That sounds really weird to you, doesn't it? Yeah, it does. My dad. Countless of times that I would visit him in the hospital when he hurt so bad throughout his body where he couldn't even pick up a coffee cup or squeeze a tube of toothpaste. I'll never forget when, when, when my oldest daughter was born. He couldn't even go up my stairs to, to see her bedroom that we had just done for her. We had to take pictures and bring them down and show him. He hurt. Here's a man that had every kind of cancer you can think of, from bone cancer to, to, to bladder cancer to no skin cancer. He, all sorts of different things. I mean, the man was just unbelievably littered with things. And then they put him on that bed after, you know, he'd be stuck with a, with, with a respirator on him. And, and, and he'd be sort of awake and stuff, and, and he'd be strapped to his bed. You know what it's like to be awake, strapped to your bed with a respirator in your mouth? And here's what he would tell me. He said, the only way I made it was I kept singing. He gives me peace, leaves, wonderful peace, coming down from the Father above. Sweep over my spirit. Phantomless billows. It released him. It changed the atmosphere. And it impacted the others.
made the choice to worship in the middle of his torment and sickness. Changed the atmosphere. Didn't cause the wounds to disappear. But he wasn't a prisoner of the disease, of the sickness. He wasn't a prisoner of the situation and circumstances. Doors had been opened. God had shaken the ground. Chains had become loosed. Because he praised. Because he worshipped. My friend, let me tell you this. Paul and Silas didn't praise him, didn't worship him to get free. They praised and worshipped him because they were free. And he whom the Son sets free is free. Can you say amen to that this morning? I'll give him praise. He's worthy. Would you stand with me this morning? Sorry, I babbled on. Oh, Kathy. Oh, Kathy. <laughs> I'm watching some people get up and they're like, oh, I'm getting a friend of mine. It stinks getting older, doesn't it? It just does. Because the mind, it's still not there yet, you know? It's like, okay, get up. Oh, yeah, right, okay. But here's the deal. This morning in this place, God's here. And there's some things his heart desires to do. You really think God wants you in that place that you find yourself at today? Absolutely not. This young man, well, not young anymore, he's my age. <laughs> Used to be with the Imperials. His name was Russ Taft. Russ Taft came from a father who was a evangelist that had, was an alcoholic at the same time. There were some other issues and problems that he was raised with, and then it haunted him, it broke him. He fought demons for a long time. He even ended up with a problem in his heart. But he wrote this song because he understood something. And he walked this song. He lived it. listen to it. Feel free to sing along. Raise it up, kids. When you're up against a struggle that shatters all your dreams, your hopes have been cruelly crushed 
by Satan's manifested schemes. And you feel the urge within you to submit to earthly fears. Don't let the faith you're standing in seem to disappear. We're children of the King. So lift up the mighty shield of faith, cause the battle must be won. We know that Jesus Christ is risen, so the world's already done. This morning, if you're in this place, whatever that prison might be, whatever reason got you there, whatever you're walking in, he's here to set you free. Don't praise him to get out of something. Praise him because you're already in something. His arms, his love. In, fa in fact, I'm asking you, Lift it up. Lift it up. Lift it up. Keep it going. Keep it going. That night. Jesus. And in the pain began to sing. Their chains were loose. Jesus. And they were free. 
this morning and there needs to be a change that takes place in here change that takes place in the atmosphere a change that takes place all around you as this song is playing I want to invite you to come and let's just stand at this place kneel at this place and let God I mean get along with the worship and the praise and watch what happens that release takes place so as we sing this song now let me tell you if you don't know Christ as your Lord and Savior make that choice to say yes to him this morning we invite well lift it up let's find that place this morning Oh, my God.